This is Update Nerd Style. I am your co-host, Benjamin David. Today, AFI returns to UNS. Uh, that is ActionFigureInsider.com. Daniel Pickett is back from his esteemed toy website, AFI. Again, that's ActionFigureInsider.com. Uh, with another DC Collecticast crossover app uh, here on the network. DC Collecticast is another nerdy show here in the comic book INTL network. Uh, and once again, our crossover topic is Star Wars. Between Mandalorian uh, and Rise of Skywalker, we've had a lot of new Star Wars recently, so I wanted to see what Mr. Pickett had to say on the two newest additions to the franchise. And naturally, toys came up as part of his response as well. You can find the show you're listening to now on iTunes, the Anchor app, Spotify, and more pod places. Once again, we are update nerd style. Please subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. really helps us out, uh, as well as the CBI network. Once again, that's Comic Book INTL. Subscribe to all the shows on our network, uh, including today's crossover show, DC Collecticast. Like, update, subscribe to DCC on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, and more pod places. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Update Nerd Style. Uh, we are at DC Collecticast on Instagram and Twitter. And we are at Comic Book INTL on all social media, uh, including YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, a lot of good video coverage on there. Subscribe to this very pod feed uh, for episodes from our other nerdy host, Owen Kinnear. Uh, follow him at Hadoen on Instagram. That's at H-A-D-O-W-E-N on Instagram. Uh, and stay tuned for more to come from Owen uh, from his series Knights of the Pound Table and other awesome nerdy stuff. If you want to help us out, this show, all the shows on our Comic Book INTL network, we really appreciate it. Become one of our patrons beyond uh, it's Batman, or sorry, uh, patreon.com slash Batman Beyond Podcast. That's patreon.com slash Batman Beyond Podcast. One dollar, five dollars, whatever really helps us out. So once again, today's episode is all about Star Wars, uh, featuring my talk with Daniel Pickett from actionfigureinsider.com. Uh, follow that website as well as his Instagram, at actionfigureinsider, uh, for Star Wars, DC, or any old franchise of toy. And don't forget to listen to part one of this same talk uh, with AFI on our DC Collecticast podcast as well. Uh, and if you want to find either of these recordings in written form, you can find my writing at collectible506.com. Uh, once again, my name is Benjamin David, and that is collectible506.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at Benjamin of David at Comic Book INTL on Twitter. I haven't had a chance to talk to anybody <laughs> about it. It's, uh, it's been a little annoying, but it's fine that uh, about Rise of Skywalker as well as uh, Mandalorian, or I guess I should just say I haven't uh, schedule anything yet that has fit in. So you are a huge Star Wars fan and have been uh, for years an expert at this point on uh, Star Wars pop culture to the extent, of course, of uh, toys, but, you know, probably movies as well with and, and you guys. So you guys can catch this on the uh, Update Nerd style podcast here on our network, uh, Comic Book INTL. Again, that's Update Nerd style. So, yeah, let's talk about it. So we got... Um, Rise of Skywalker last month, and then Mandalorian as well. So, yes. where would you like to start, Mister Pickett, on the newest of Star Wars stuff? Uh, well, it's, uh, it's a good question. So we kind of got all, and the the third thing in that, because you know, again, back in I think it was October, September, October, we had Triple Force Friday, mm-hmm. and and the third thing in the in the triple hat trick was the new video game. Yes, good point. Uh, the, the Jedi Fallen Order, which I got for Christmas and and just started playing. I love that game. Oh, I gotta cool. say, it is fantastic. 
great storyline, great Star Wars, uh, great uh, the the respawn guys. They were the absolutely the right group for EA to hand that off to. Uh, really, really digging that game so far. So nice, uh, really nice character work in it. Still feels very Star Wars, and I, I find myself the more I play, going, "Well, I want that guy too. Oh, I, I take that character." So uh, I I do hope they. They fill that out. But yeah, the, the two kind of main topics for Star Wars that I think most people are talking about uh, is the fact that there are uh, there's not a budget three and three quarter line for Star Wars for the first time in 40 years. Wait, so Walmart's not doing a three and three quarter Hasbro? So there are some of the uh, of the vintage collection. There's mm-hmm. kind of a, a smattering of those, but sort of, you know, they had been doing those five point of articulation figures for mm-hmm. 40 years. And they, they're just apart from, you know, Walmart's got those ridiculous gold painted ones right now. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that. that I, oh yeah. They've got, I don't know. I think there's 12 different ones. Now they're two packs where they've just taken old, old figures and painted them gold. Okay. Uh, yeah. And there's no, within the vintage line currently, there are no Mandalorian figures. There has been a Mandalorian and a a Cara Dune announced that'll be coming in spring of next year. But uh, there's not, I mean, as far as Rise of Skywalker three and three quarter inch figures, there's less than 10, I think. Which is yeah, I do not understand. Super weird for a Star Wars movie. You know, oh. we're we're getting more in the six inch scale, but you know, we're still missing. You know, there's no Finn, there's no Poe. Uh, you know, we're we're missing like some key folks in the line, and it just it it's a very strange time for Star Wars collectors. I mean, I was just I was in a Disney store the other day, and their Star Wars section. For you know, uh, it's a not just a movie year, but the movie is in theaters now. There's just not a lot of product out there for it, and I think they just got kind of so burned, and retailers to some degree too got so burned by the kind of the one-two punch of the Last Jedi and then Solo, which I I, I like Solo as a movie, and I like all the product that came out for mm. it. But there were, yeah, I, I get people, I mean, there's some people that just want to poo-poo Star Wars and are angry about it and, and are mm. so mad at The Last Jedi that they're, they don't want, you know, they've written off the entire Disney era. For yeah. me, Solo was not a film that we needed because we, uh, for me, I don't want to see Han Solo be a good guy and, and see his redemption before we see it in episode four. Like, that was his arc. Like, that's... Mm. That's what we've been waiting for. So I don't need to see him be a be a scoundrel and a good guy before that. Like, because I feel like that diminishes what we know and loved about the character. But mm-hmm. I feel like Solo, you know, a heist movie. There's no Jedi. It was just fun Star Wars again. And my beef with the sort of the the three trilogy Disney of force awakens last Jedi and to some extent rise of Skywalker is it's just humans wearing Brown and black clothes. It's like, there's no, 
sort of color and pizzazz. You know, I want to see aliens. I want to see droids. Like, I want it to be more Star Warsy. Yeah. And we're not seeing that in the design of it, so it doesn't translate great into a toy line. Mm-hmm. Now, Mandalorian is a blast, and I know some people have problems yes. with the pacing and and whatever Mandalorian for me is everything I've ever wanted in star Wars Me too. I keep saying that it is, you know, there's enough new and enough of the familiar. Like I don't, you know, with each of these new movies, like they have to create all these new races, you know, I'm, I'm the guy's like, well, what about that guy? Like for us to find out more about the Jawas. Yeah. I was so excited by that. Yeah. You know, even just like, you know, there's that, in the in the heist episode there was that you know the muscle character the the devil guy that was played yeah. by clancy brown you know we saw one of those devil guys in in the cantina in episode four but now it's like yeah there's another one and like this is their race and this is what they yeah. do it's just like i know some people were kind of put off by you know there's the two twi'lek brother and sisters in there and they were like oh why are they acting so weird like they're all hissy and <laughs> It's just like, are they space vampires? It's like, but if you remember Bib Fortuna, he was a twitchy, weird dude. Yeah. Like he had like fingernails grown out of the middle of his fingers, and you know he'd, he'd pose and walk around. <laughs> he's just disgusting. Like, he'd wave his fingers across things. Yeah, I think we got sort of off track with the Twilight a little bit because they became this noble race in. Clone Wars and and probably even a bigger extent in Rebels, but you know I like seeing them kind of these weird weirdo aliens that aren't just you know bimbo dancers either. <laughs> so I mean I I have I had a ball with the Mandalorian. I would take that all day every day. Agreed. Uh, as far as new Star Wars, and I, I don't know, did you see the teaser image that John Favreau posted for season two already? No. What is it? It's this. <laughs> like I'll Google it right sw- now. What is it? Swole shirtless uh Gamorian guard. Oh <laughs> like this big bruiser of a Gamorian guard, yeah, without a shirt on. It's like, oh. Yeah, I mean as you said, why reinvent the wheel with a universe that's bigger than anything ever pop culturally? Yeah. Like my, I've got a, a four-year-old daughter too, and she is obsessed with Star Wars. She loves yes. it, and so Mandalorian is something like I. She's seen most of the Star Wars movies. I have not shown her Rogue One, and I have not shown her Revenge of the Sith because I feel like those are pretty <laughs> dark and violent. And she has not seen Rise of Skywalker yet because I feel like mm. that's got some pretty dark stuff in it too. Yeah. Uh, but she watched all of Mandalorian, and when. I hope I'm not spoiling this for people. Uh, I, th- I think it's fair. I mean, I'll also there, there, post this, you know, in like two weeks or a week. So. All right. So, so there's, there's a call out in the last episode where a character mentions that someone is from Alderaan and yes, my four year old daughter, my four year old daughter squealed at that mention. She, her head spun around. She's like, did you hear that Alderaan? Like that, uh, just that sort of thing was so, cause I felt that inside too. I was like, Oh my gosh, it all ties together. It's so great. That's why she's so mad. You know, I would have melted. Yeah. I, I, I just, Mandalorian is so delighted. I think I've, I've watched every episode at least twice so far. So, oh. and I feel like I could watch it all. 
again, just in a row, uh, just to kind of soak it up. I really feel like it's a beautiful, just really well done. Uh, and, and, you know, it's we've been hearing about a Star Wars live action movie or a live action show for like, I don't know, 30 years. They've been saying, <laughs> oh, one's in development. We're going to get that. It's just never happened. Uh, but I, you know, I love the last episode where they kind of get the band back together and we see some stuff coming together. Like uh, just for me, Mandalorian is the tops and I'm not, I, I don't have an issue with the fact that they held the child back, uh, to be a surprise. So there was, you know, there was no product mm-hmm. ready for him, uh, when when the holidays came around i do think it was a missed opportunity that no one in charge picked up on to kind of make a an early bird 2.0 you know like when star wars came out in 77 there were no toys ready so when christmas 77 came around they sold us that you know early bird certificate saying as soon as this stuff is ready we'll mail it to your house and I think they could have gone a long way to do that again uh, with the child and some of that Mandalorian stuff. Just like mm. that idea of here's a certificate. You'll be the first to get it. I think people would have eaten that up. But I don't know. No one asked me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for me, you know, I've been getting this the six inch figures uh, for Rise of Skywalker for last Jen, uh, Rise of Skywalker for Jedi Fallen Order and for Mandalorian. I just just got uh, a Mandalorian figure and a carbonized Target exclusive Mandalorian, yes. both with the help of friends because uh, I've not seen them anywhere in Los Angeles. But uh, you know, it's fun that we have kind of a, a cast of characters already, and Funko's really going crazy with the pops for Mandalorian too. They've got a really robust line, I just and they've got enough. Today. Yeah, they've got enough to to make at least one more wave from that mm. from that last uh, last section, the last couple of episodes. But uh, yeah, Mandalorian for me is everything I want in Star Wars right now. So I'm glad they've already started production on season two. Heck yeah, no, me too. I mean, it is it's the perfect way to put it. Like everything I've wanted, I have wanted for years to. Um, and I heard there was a a book. I don't know if it was a series, but it was a book, like an anthology thing, and or just a story called Tales from the Cantina. Yes. Uh huh. So, because my thought was at the time, at least this was like five years ago. You know, HBO. You could even do and this would never happen now because of Disney. But uh, I always was like, imagine if they just did like a Sopranos meets Jabba the Hutt's palace. And just call it Jabba's Palace. Um, and of course, that's like fan. Every fan would want to see, you know, a graphic crazy. But that's probably not going to happen with Disney+. Plus. But what we can get <laughs> is exactly like what we've gotten with Mandalorian. I just wanted to see because my whole... The lens that I wanted to see was the underground, the criminal uh, element, the weird, as you said. I mean, the kind of the draw of Star Wars, even thematically his formula of going like, I want ships in space, but I also want you to see the rivets in the ships in space. And they're always breaking and they're covered in dirt and things are crappy and things, you know, it's like, 
that kind of and so bringing that also to an environment of like it's imperfect it's people are there's not order it's even with this empire there's a criminal underbelly and there's you know in any society there's always going to be like these lawbreakers and there's that realness to the universe so to do it through a bounty hunter is exactly like i mean my idea with job as palace was just to have it like anthology style of going like here's an episode of like in this case, a Mandalorian on a bounty hunt. Here's an episode of, you know, the origin of the Rancor. Like, who the hell cares? Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is ex- it delivering on everything, as you said. And then with the creatures, too. That was the other thing about Star Wars. It's like this realness, the grittiness, but also the weirdness. Like, it, it, yeah. it had something that maybe in sci-fi movies there was some weird to an extent. But to do weird to the level of, like, jim henson fantasy that with the fantasy element of, of star wars it this just does it all and you know and just also my taste of kind of the weird 70s b stuff the tatooine stuff that also comes back in the beginning of jedi that's some of my favorite star wars ever so a lot of the desert planet stuff with this uh, the western angle i always love with the bounty hunter everybody loves fucking boba fett like this show is stellar. Yeah, and you know to to, to like get to see an IG droid oh. move and shoot and react. Like you know, we found out more about the Ugnots. We found out more about like the Klaatus. We found out more about uh, you know uh, clearly whatever species Yoda is. Uh, it's just uh, you know, and we found out more about the Mandalorians even. Like, yeah. what, what you know that made them kind of even cooler now. Uh, which I don't think any of us thought was possible, but it makes me very excited for the Obi-Wan Kenobi show and the uh, Cassian and K2SO show. And again, Disney Plus doing it exactly right, and and I know they're doing it with both their Star Wars shows and their Marvel shows. They're only going to make as many shows as they have the story for. So some things are going to be eight, some things are going to be ten, some things are going to be six. That's got to be done. Yeah. And it's just you're not going to get that that sort of really padded out filler like all right well I got to get through this one so it'll pay off soon so uh, yeah. I really I really appreciate that that sort of thinking with with doing it so but yeah Mandalorian for me that's where it's at uh, all day every day yeah Infinite, so what do you think I mean watchable. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and do you like the fact that there are episodes that play like almost old TV anthology that don't necessarily further the story too much, but they're just there and super fun? Like, I love that about it. It's it's it feels yeah, like totally. old school sci fi shows, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's just like uh, we, we all watch like the Incredible Hulk where he just went from city to city, you know, trying <laughs> to stay low and but had to help someone out. You know, it's like we watch that every week, like. I don't have any sort of problem with that. I, it, it's the the uh, people had such a problem with that. It's like it should have been tightly written and more dramatic, and every episode should have counted. It's like we have the opportunity now to serialize, and this is the golden age of television. I'm like, yeah, it is, but that the golden age just means that it's because of availability and like distribution that you can do whatever you want. That means that you need to further it. And not everything needs to be a bingeable Netflix level, like super tight drama that, you know what I mean? Like, well, there was, you know, there was information gathered in every episode. Uh, there was things that tied it all together. Like for God's sake, the thing that, you know, those blurgs that they were riding around 
those are from the Ewok specials, you know, uh, like the live action Ewok specials. Yes. Like it just ties it all together, which wow. I just thought, I thought that was great. Uh, and, yeah. and, and, but I mean, we, at least I knew, you know, I got to see a little behind the scenes cause I was working in the toy industry at the time, but the, you know how they all do like code names while they're filming. The mm-hmm. code name for Mandalorian was Huckleberry. I mean, they, they knew it was going to be a Western. Oh, wow. Going into it. There was, <laughs> that was very much on their minds as well. So That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and that was the other edge that Star Wars had, too, again, of, like, the grit and the grime. If you set it on a desert, it's just such a juxtaposition to science fiction to be in a desert. Yes, totally. Yeah, yeah. You know, unless you're doing something like apocalyptic. Yeah, and especially in science fiction in the 70s at the time, you know, we were used to, you know, sort of the Star Treks, the Space 1999s, the 2001 A Space Odyssey. These are all very polished shiny uh brand new sci-fi sort of things and this was the first time it was like that thing what does that even look like (laughs) you know which is why why we fell in love that's why it felt so real to us as kids i love the harrison ford interviews where he's like because you know in in this one documentary they were like asking all the people what did you think as you were filming it of the project? And everyone was just like weird, weird. The way they cut it was just like, it was weird. It was weird. It was weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they stopped on Harrison Ford and it was just the way he said it just really drove it home. He was like, it was a uh, weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And then, you know, especially if you go back and watch like some of the screen test things, like the, the, the original dialogue was even clunkier. It's like, can you imagine trying to say that? <laughs> like it, you just sound ridiculous. It's like, what are we doing here? Oh. So, oh. and yeah, I think too, like to to bring back what you were saying, and maybe we can just, uh, I guess, jump into Rise for a little bit. Uh, but with Mandalorian, that what you brought up, seeing an IG unit, like with modern day special effects and. Um, practical effects a lot of this show is is practical which is also awesome like they do everything they possibly can to make the show practical yep um so to see an ig unit in action like applying the modern day stuff and then even again in the writing it's like the stuff that would have been cringeworthy in 77 and that's still kind of there's a lot that could be edited out of any you know older star wars movie i mean and good god especially the newer ones so to be able to tighten it up with, uh, as you said, like not feeling a constraint to store to time wise, story wise, uh, make the episodes play out as they need to. It is so cool to to see like the quality also, as you said, with with the special effects. But like, I think we're getting even, you know, it just made me think of that. Like you said, the clunky dialogue, like anything clunky is just removed if you have that freedom and good people are making this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's a good transition to rise. Uh, whereas it's all the pressure in the world and it seems to be uh, a couple filmmakers battling each other in the, in the, on the big screen to throw together this trilogy. That's like barely connected. What did you think? That's how, that's, that's my summary. But, uh, what did you think of rise of Skywalker? I mean, if Rise of Skywalker was an impossible task, yeah. uh, I, I feel 
I feel for everyone involved working on it. Overall, I will say I greatly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've only seen it once. Uh, it, you know, it, it's at a breakneck pace. Of course, you know, sitting down and looking at stuff after the fact, there's a few things you go, well, really? How did that come on? <laughs> but, you know, there was a lot of stuff that, again, that I was looking for. There was more, uh, like the, the new cast was able to sort of breathe a bit more and do some more stuff. Uh, and, you know, finally got to see them interact together. You know, there's a lot of pulling from the past. Uh, when I say fan service, I, I don't mean that in a negative connotation, but, you mm. know, I, I like the connectivity of it all. So uh, I, that I would like to see more of that in my in my Star Wars. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, it was fun because for me, like I, I got to see it. My brother was in town, so I went to see it with my brother and my brother and I saw all three of the original trilogy together. So nice. uh, it was just like, oh, my gosh, I'm sitting next to this guy, <laughs> you know, again, 40 years later watching a Star wow. Wars movie. How fun is that? Uh, you know, I love that Chewbacca got a medal. Um, you know, that yep. was a moment that kind of put a lump in my throat and uh you know, it's, it's certainly not a perfect movie, and uh, I don't know. I, I've heard back and forth as the, I know some people think he was really sort of uh, attacking Ryan Johnson in some ways, but mm. I feel like you he did it in the the best possible way, the nicest possible way. Um. Be, because I mean I know it's it's hard, it, it, I, and I've said this from the beginning that I think it was a mistake that there wasn't like a an overall arching outline for these three movies to begin with because mm-hmm. that's what you end up with is kind of a game of telephone. It's like and and I've always said, you, you know, the, the reason you get J.J. Abrams to do your first movie is because he is great at asking questions that you want to find out the answer to. Mm-hmm. He is great at the setup, like Lost and all that, like all the beginnings of, uh, you know, Lost and Alias and all those things. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is fantastic. I want to know more. So then to have, and again, I like Ryan Johnson as a filmmaker. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I liked a lot of his movies. I think he would do well with his own trilogy that focuses on his own characters. My problem was Last Jedi was don't come in here and break my toys. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you want to go break your own toys, I'll watch that. I'll, I'll watch your story. But for him to come in and just kind of dismiss uh, so much of the stuff that were the questions that I wanted answered from Force Awakens, that's what bothered me about Last Jedi. Yeah. Apart from it just kind of not making sense that we're just going to chase them until they run out of fuel <laughs> when everyone's got hyperdrive, you know. <laughs> you don't think that's a good storyline? I don't. I think you just make a call and there's some Star Destroyers on the other side of the galaxy and you pin them in. Like, what what kind of uh, military minds are we here having? Or, well, we're just going to wait it out and see what happens. They'll run out of fuel eventually. So, yeah. So, Rise of Skywalker for me, uh, I, I would like to see it again because I feel like there's a lot more to absorb. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it you know, it's not certainly not perfect, but it, it was a satisfying conclusion to me, I guess I'll say. 
for what what was presented. Yeah, it was it was pretty satisfying to me. Um, the first time I saw it, so I saw it twice. The first time I saw it, it I was like crying through a lot of it just because it was so powerful with like Carrie Fisher. Every time she was on screen, I I just teared up. Yep. Um, <laughs> hearing and this time even when I went back, even though rewatchability value for me is not nearly what I thought it would be, unfortunately. It uh. When she, when Ray says yes, Masta to Carrie Fisher, I completely forgot that was a line in the movie. I teared up once again. <laughs> and then, but that's what and I heard someone review JJ as a director overall, saying that he is a director of moments. Yes, like, I'd agree. He knows how to capture moments, whether whether or not it all gets assembled in a good way or ends in a good way. Like you said, he's a setup master. He's a, he's also a moment master. That movie's full of really good moments. The one, you know, should we getting a medal? Just huge list of boxes to tick and, and fan service that I don't have a problem with. Like there is people, you know, keep knocking this movie for fan service and you forget that like, well, yeah, I mean, this whole thing is based on us being fans of a thing. As you said, like, don't break my toys. He's just showing us our, a lot of our toys like relax yes um so that's why a majority of the movie just made me cry and i was like nah, 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 whatever. but it, together as a piece and then i also just don't think it um i don't know i don't i don't think it served kind of the newer characters very well like i don't know there's just a lot of stuff that that per se i, I didn't quite like but i do i do think that for as we said the project that <laughs> he had it in his hands to end all this and then with everything that that ryan johnson kind of did to it yeah um I, I think that you know people were like regardless you have to honor the second movie and i just don't know if that's true with something like star wars i don't know if i can agree with that like do you really have to honor everything that ryan johnson said if he's going that far off so yeah right. it was yeah. it was rough <laughs> yeah yeah, I don't disagree, but yeah, I, I'll be curious to see it again. Uh, I'm hoping to do that in the next couple of weeks before it leaves the theaters. I'd like to see it in the theater again. Uh, but yeah, overall, I, there you go. Okay, there's there's the nine. Uh, <laughs> uh, but again, you know, it's to me, it's the same sort of thing as the solo movie when when you get to the end of it, it's like, did I need this? Does this, does this yeah. further anything? And that's, that's what I felt about the, the prequel trilogy is after I saw it, I was like, there's no one and nothing that happened in this that I needed to see to understand yeah. the original trilogy. There's, there's nothing greater added by what I just saw, you know, everything they kind of drop a mention of, I go, Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's a thing. You know, yeah, that's a good way my... to put it. Like, Rise didn't have a... None of the consequence. There weren't any consequences. I mean, he says it right in the, the crawl. The dead speak. And it's like, everybody's going to come back from the dead. You, you'll get to feel some kind of loss, because I should put it in here at the end of these nine movies. But I'm not going to let you feel any of that loss, because for whatever reason, I don't want you to lose these characters. I don't know. The whole thing was like... Uh, even with... You know, and then stuff with like kylo ren and, and vader too like where was the tie-up 
I, I really wanted, instead of like Han Solo coming back, how much more powerful would it have been if like Anakin Skywalker post-redemption like is like, you know, because he's this Vader worshiper. And then Ben, then Ben turns, Kylo Ren turns to Ben Solo to be good in that moment. How much better would it have been to like, and you get the, the breathing, but then who shows up, a, you know, a, a redemptive or a, a redeemed Anakin Skywalker to be like, I am still your grandfather, but I'm not Darth Vader. Yeah. Like, and that, yeah, that was, you know, uh, to bring the emperor back like that, that was the whole thing of return of the Jedi was the, re- the redemption of Darth Vader was saving the sacrifice his son and killing, of, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, killing his master. And then it was like, well, guess what? He's back. We don't know how, but <sighs> trust us, he's back. You know, that, that for me was kind of the, yeah, he should have maybe come up with someone else. Seriously, and it's like that. Those are my favorite, my favorite moment. If I had to pick, I always say the end of Jedi because I also like. This is a world pre-internet for me, and also pre. So that means pre-spoilers and just. I never knew. I knew that Darth Vader was his father. So when I finally watched the trilogy, like in succession, back to back, um, I basically binged it. We would call that now on VHS in like 1998. I think I was like 13. And I just watched them all and it was like, I went outside, I'll never forget. Like my father was outside like raking leaves and I went outside, I was like, holy shit. Like I just watched all of Star Wars. He's like, oh, nice. And I was like, because <laughs> he was a huge Star Wars fan. Yeah, yeah. And my thing was like, I, I teared up even as a 13 year old kid, like Shane will see. I was like, I can't believe like what he did. And I'm like, I'll just never forget my father going like, yeah, like the sacrifice for, uh, you know, for a man's son or whatever it is and like sacrificing all of that to like it's kind of never too late that theme and that's so powerful and to not do that like to kind of do that with kylo ren and that also made it feel like another remake of jedi it was just i mean literally line for line you have the emperor going i you will watch your friends that you brought here and then you have the skywalker sacrificing himself for another good person it's the same movie yeah it's so weird that he did that. I'm like, why? You're a man of like, you know how to serialize stuff and make consequences. Like, where are the con? But maybe that's playing to what you're saying. Maybe he's good at setup and just not consequences. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's again, it's just that sort of idea of where do you you know you've got the ultimate villain, then you bring him back, is or <sighs> or can you not create something? meaner like you kind of did with snoke we all want to know what's the deal with that guy and it's like oh well turns out he they got a dozen of them they grow them in jars you know it's like why is that a thing why can't we just create a new scary villain that's who is in charge of all this or just have like you already have your skywalker slash vader as kylo ren so you have just keep him as the big bad in this one he's killed off snoke we're already apparently abandoning the idea of any kind of like sith thing anyway which you know if you want to forward it a little bit and not have your traditional two siths like cool now you got kylo ren i thought what they were going to do is have like kylo ren start off evil even though i wanted him to kind of turn which i guess he did kind of turn at the end of last jedi to an extent when they're fighting back to back like that was really powerful i was like oh cool like we're gonna see kind of something and but what that also led for me and what i wanted way more of in this was Ray being tempted by the dark side and almost seeing like a dark Ray and then Kylo Ren turn. And we got the Kylo Ren turn, but there was like no temptation or really bad stuff 
with Ray being tempted by the dark side. Right. Yeah. It's like, where was that? I want even though they that. showed us like the dark Ray or whatever. It's just like, oh, well, that turns out that's not a thing. Turns out that was 15 seconds. Yeah. In the movie. I'm like, that should have been the movie. That's right. your movie. So you have like your Sith be like she it's man versus herself. And also that idea of there can only be two Sith and then suddenly there's thousands of them. They've just been hanging out on this planet. Yeah, what was that crap? That felt like, <laughs> a, like a Flash Gordon like 80 sci-fi thing. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> the more I talk about it, the more I can kind of pick it apart, but in my initial viewing I had a good time. No, me too. I it was just a lot of uh really good it's again, effective fan service and it's it was not a bad movie, but uh I think for and and again, to we'll wrap it up here of just like at least the other th- really relieving thing any problems I did have first time and especially the second time was the complete relief as a Star Wars fan in terms of looking forward of like, oh crap, like this could have been the last Star Wars we got for a while. I got the Mandalorian sitting on Disney Plus, and I am good. Yeah, so and, and knowing we that have to look know, we've got to, a you know? Kenobi series coming, like there's yes. there's good hours on the on the horizon. But yeah, right now it's funny. Yes, we got the conclusion of the saga, but my favorite Star Wars things right now are Mandalorian <laughs> and the the Fallen Order video game. Boom! Like those, that's what I'm. That's where I'm digging my Star Wars right now. So. The future of Star Wars for now is on television and video games, and there is nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Absolutely, I agree. Awesome. All right, is there anything else you wanted to say about uh, Star Wars as of January 2020? Just curious to see now what we will be getting going forward at Toy Fair. Now that there, you know, there's nothing else that they have to hold back. You know, mm. so many Star Wars presentations at Comic Cons and Toy Fairs have been a little underwhelming because everything's sworn to secrecy, but now you know, there's no film currently in production mm. and we've seen the entire season of Mandalorian. So I feel like they, they've got a little room to stretch their wings and expand a bit till whatever the next movie is. So looking, looking forward to see what they have to offer. Me too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Daniel Pickett for coming on both. Uh, and if you want to hear, a conversation that was uh, on this same day, recorded the same day, same conversation with Daniel Pickett for our DC Collecticast show. Just tune into that. We talk about uh, the new Batman stuff that's been coming out, new DC stuff, I should say, that's been coming out for McFarlane Multiverse, uh, the Spin Master, new uh, Spin Master Batman line, as well as Egg Attack, Beast Kingdom, uh, Batman the Animated Series, and Dark Knight. So check out that stuff and. Thanks for tuning in. We also did, if you haven't heard, because uh, we do have other people contribute to this feed. So if you go back a couple episodes, um, I recorded with Daniel here, and we talked about Star Wars a couple months ago. So if you want to hear that conversation, check it out right here in the Update Nerd Style podcast feed. Uh, so plug your stuff, Daniel. Uh, we got actionfigureinsider.com. Uh, where can people find you? Yeah, actionfigureinsider.com. Again, you know, I'll be there covering stuff for toy fair and you know we have daily posts and then we're action figure insider on facebook action figure insider on instagram af insider on twitter and i think we're action figure insider on pinterest like wherever wherever you are we're there somewhere just type in action figure insider you'll find us yeah again top uh, actually i didn't say this for this show 
Daniel is a, and I, you know, I will for the intro, but I always like to drive it home. Top toy journalist, top pop culture analyst. Amazing having you on the show always. It's great fun. Thanks for inviting me. I always have a good time talking to you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, and may the force be with you. May the force be with you always. <laughs> and I have to say the always because I'm the old dude. It's ah. always the old, the wise old guy gets the always in, you know. <laughs> so I'm the baby Yoda. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're the you're the young Jedi. I'm the I'm the Force Ghost. Oh, fantastic! 